This morning I want to minister to you guys on the body of Christ. You guys know the church has a purpose? The church has a purpose. And the church was not built to serve us. But the church was built to serve the kingdom of God. The church was built to be the bride of Christ. See, the church has the purpose of not being a place where we can come together and be entertained. It doesn't serve the purpose of the place where we can come and, and just receive, 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 receive. That's not what the church is about. Now, I thank God that, that the church does reach out to the community, that there will be programs, but that's not the primary purpose of the church. But the church is here to reach the lost. And you've often heard in the Bible when it's called the body of Christ. And what that's referring to is that the Bible says that we are the body and Christ is the head. That means that Christ, that Jesus directs everywhere we go, just like our own head directs our own body. You know, there's the people that have issues with controlling different parts of the body. That's, that's not a good thing. It's actually a problem. Um, uh, there's different diseases. I believe Tourette's is one of those re- diseases where the mind cannot fully control the body. And as you've seen that, you can see that that's a problem in that person's body when they can't control what their hands are doing or even what they're their, mastering, what they're saying, these different things. But Christ is the head of the body of Christ. And Christ should have full control over where the body is going and what each of us who make up the body of Christ is doing. You see, the church is supposed to operate as a single unit. The church is supposed to operate as one. And if each part of the church, if each part of the body could make up its own decision, make up its own mind and do whatever it wanted, then we wouldn't have a, a church operating as a unit. We'd have a church operating in chaos. That's actually why there's a leadership structure in the church. It's not because one person is better than the other. It's not because because of any of those things that God thinks of somebody higher than somebody else. It's because we have to have a leadership structure in the church so that way the body operates as Christ intended it to operate. But even being, the body does have many different parts, and we have to operate in tandem. We have to work together to do the will of the head, which is Jesus Christ. We have to work together to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And we know that the will of God is that none, would, none should perish. So we should come together as a body to accomplish what Christ has for us. And each and every single person in the body of Christ, each and every single person in this room has a role to play as we co-labor together to accomplish what God would have us accomplish. Amen? Let's go and start looking at some, some scriptures about the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12-13, it says, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. See, Paul begins to talk about the human body as a comparison object to the body of Christ. And he begins to say that just as the body is one and has many members, he's talking about the human body, we have many members, so is the body of Christ. And I don't know if you know this, but the, the human body is incredibly complex. There's over 12 major organ systems. 
you know, we have the circulatory system, the digestive system, the muscular system, the vascular. We have all these different systems in our body. And I've always known that the human body was complex. I've always known that what our body does is really, really amazing. But just recently, Michelle and I went to go see the bodies exhibit up there in Vegas. I guess they had it down here in Tucson for a while, but we went and saw the bodies exhibit when we were on vacation in Vegas. And what this is, is it's actually people that have donated their bodies to, this, to, to science, to this display, and they've actually preserved them in such a way that what you're looking at is they're not just replicas, but they're actually human bodies that have been preserved to look at, which is kind of weird in itself because you're looking at somebody and you're like, that's not plastic, that's a real person. But you begin to see the complexity of the human body as they've done different things to show the muscles and to show the, the ligaments and the tendons and the vascular system and, the, and how everything works together, the nervous system. But you begin to look at it and you're like, how can they even map what they're doing? They're, they're sending stuff into the veins to, to map the vascular system and you're actually seeing all these tiny veins and, and capillaries and all these things that come together, and it's so incredibly dense with all these different parts and how complicated it is and how it works together. But each part has a role to play. But I was just absolutely amazed. You know that there's, there's the capillaries in your body that the blood flows through a single cell at a time, a single blood cell at a time. It's so small, but it still works and has stuff pass through. The complexity of the human body is absolutely amazing you know when you look at it from the outside looking in all you see is the big parts right they got legs and feet and arms and eyes but if you look at what god has done inside of our body it's absolutely amazing with all the little individual parts with every single part serving a purpose there's not a single part in the human body even parts that we thought had no the appendix we thought that that did nothing for the longest time, people would say it was, a, it was an evolutionary leftover. We're coming to find out that it does serve a purpose in our body. It stores uh, helpful bacteria. Should something happen to you and all the bacteria get wiped out, there's a place for it to be restored in your body that does helpful things in your body. It has a purpose. Something that, that we throw away so easily and have surgery to remove it, it serves a purpose. And the truth is that Every single thing in our body serves a purpose, just like every single member of the body of Christ serves a purpose. And the body of Christ is incredibly complex, just like the human body as well. And we need every single part of that body to serve the kingdom of heaven, to serve the purpose that God has for us. And when you got saved, it wasn't just an experience, but you actually got, the Bible says you were baptized into one body. When you got saved, you joined this body of Christ to fulfill the purpose that you have for us. The Greek word for baptize actually means to dip or to sink, to submerge. When we, be, when we get saved, we are dipped or we're submerged into the body of Christ. And just like if you think about a, a piece of cloth being dipped into a vat of dye, how many know that when you take a, a piece of cloth and you dip it into the vat of dye and you pull it out, the cloth has been changed? The cloth is now part of the dye. It's not, you can't wash it out once that's done. And the same happens to Christians. When you are brought into the body of the Christ, you become part of the body of Christ. You are an important member. And just like the human body doesn't function at its peak performance, when it's missing a part, neither does the body of Christ. 
And it doesn't matter what you were before you came in. It says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. We become one regardless of our, of our background, our history. We become one body to serve the kingdom of heaven. And just as the members of the human body, we've come together to serve one purpose. The body of Christ has one purpose, and that's to fulfill the will of the head. Just like our body is in subjection to us to do what we would have it do, we can tell it that, no, we're going to a run this morning. We can tell it, no, we're not going to eat so much. We need to lose some weight. We can try to tell it that. I try to tell my body that all the time. It doesn't listen. So then my wife tries to tell my body that as well, and still doesn't listen. I think she should try harder, right? (laughs) Praise God. But we are one body, body and we all serve a purpose. And the purpose of the church is to work together as one unit to reach the lost. And what that means is, is that when we come together in the body, we have to stop thinking about uh, our own personal agendas and what we want to accomplish, but instead begin to join in in one vision to accomplish something else. And it doesn't mean that God won't place a vision in your heart. It doesn't mean that one day you won't be and won't have your own church or have your own ministry that God's going to work with you, but when you're involved in the body, one body, we need to work together to accomplish what Christ would have that, that ministry accomplish. And that's the purpose of the body here. That's why we do all that we do here. That's why we went out and sang Christmas carols on Christmas Eve. It seems like something that's so silly and doesn't do anything, but we're reaching this community as, we, as we've had, as we met with those people, the, the lady that broke down in tears because we touched her that evening. It's why we do do the, the picnics, even though we haven't had one in a while. But it's why we do do those, is so we can reach people. It's why we had the the Easter outreach, and we're going to have that coming up again. It's why we had the outreach on Halloween. It's so we can reach people. And I don't know if you've noticed, but especially on the the bigger events, we all had a part to play. You know, when even the smaller, like Christmas carols, if we all go out there, and how many know it's just not the same if it was just me knocking on people's doors singing Christmas carols? But when we go out as a group, as a unit, we have a different impact on people. The same with with, with, the... with the Halloween hours that we just recently had. You know, if Michelle was the only one out there doing everything, she had to run around to, to every single game, or if, or if uh, you had to go to every single game and operate everything, it just wouldn't have worked. We need everybody to step up and play their part in the body, or otherwise the body is ineffective. Amen? Then Romans 12, 4 through 8, it says, For as, is, as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. 
You know that all the different members of the body, that we have different gifts, we have different roles to play? You know, if we had all the, the same gifts, if we all did exactly the same thing, that would be a pretty boring body. It would be an ineffective body as well. If we all had the exact same things. You know, we each have different gifts, we have different roles that we play. And the Bible says that it's, a, it's according to the grace that's given to us, according to what Christ has accomplished inside of you. You've been given strength to do different things. And it's so important that we are diverse. It's so important that we do have different things because once again, if everybody was the same thing, the body would be ineffective. You know, if you, if you think about your vehicle, there's many different parts to your vehicle to make it operate as a machine. Or even if you look at the many different parts of your house, for your house to operate as a house, it has to have different parts, right? It has to have a kitchen. It has to have the living room. It has to have... The, the dining room, it has to have different bedrooms. And you'll notice if it doesn't have those individual things, it doesn't operate like it's supposed to as a house. I know, I used to live in a studio apartment. You know, you would walk in and you're like, hey, let me show you around my house. This is my kitchen, and this is my living room, and, and this is my bedroom, because it's all one unit. It doesn't operate the same way, right? It's much less effective as a house. Especially if you don't have, how many know that a house without a toilet is just not the same thing? It doesn't operate as effective. I've spent some time over in Africa where a lot of those places don't. And let me tell you, it's, it operates a whole lot different in those situations. The, the house is not as effective. The buildings without those things. And the same goes for the body of Christ. Without our individual gifts, we're just not effective as a body. So the, the reality is, if you've been gifted in an area, if God has gifted you in an area, we need to make sure that we do those things. If God has gifted you with the ability to sing, sing. If God has gifted you with the ability to teach, then we need to start moving towards that area to teach. If God has gifted you with the ability to be generous, then we need to, like it says here, to, to give generously. Where does it say that? It said it somewhere. Mm. There it is, contributes, one who contributes in generosity. If you have the ability to work with children, then work with children. If you have the ability to, to, to do any act of service, maybe you're just a good servant, there's not one particular thing, but you just want to serve, then let's serve with everything that we have. And the truth is that your value to the body has nothing to do with the gifts that you've been given. I think that's one of the, uh, the biggest things that we can fall into is to think that we're less valuable if what we do is not as cool or as good as what somebody else does. You know, we think that, what am I going to do for the church? I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I can't get up in front of people. What, what can I do? We begin to consider ourselves less valuable. But the truth is that your value to the body has nothing to do with what you actually perform, what you actually do, but the fact that you're willing to serve. The truth is that, that when we talk about operating in your giftings, when it's talking about we have many members and many gifts, that doesn't even mean that that's the only thing that you can serve in. Matter of fact, the truth is that the first and foremost, that we're just servants. And we, we should be willing to serve 
anywhere, no matter what we'd be asked to do, we should be willing to serve in the body of Christ. Pastor Andy Elm's church up in, uh, in England, what they do over there is he's got a general rule that you won't serve in the same ministry for longer than six months. Every six months they rotate everybody to a completely different place. He doesn't want people to get uh, tied up in this thing that they do, and this is only what I'll do. And, and you know, hey, can you, can you help out and greet this morning? Sorry, I'm a, I'm a worship singer. I can't do that. The truth is, first and foremost, we're servants. You know, Pastor Mike has always said that talent is a dime a dozen. But it's faithfulness that what truly, what truly matters. You know what? We can find talented people anywhere. As truthfully, if we needed talented people, we could even hire them if we wanted to. But we're not looking for that. We're looking for people who are faithful. And that's much harder to find as people that are faithful in whatever you ask. People that are willing to, to operate in obedience to what God has for their lives, no matter what that might be that day. You know, sometimes in obedience, we're going to do things that we may not want to do. I know I've done things that I, I didn't want to do. Mop floors and, and clean toilets and, and want be willing to plant churches in places that I didn't necessarily want to go. When we first started this, we were going to plant the church in Casa Grande and and uh, God wasn't telling us yes, but he wasn't telling us no. So we decided to be obedient to what Pastor Mike asked us to do. And thank God that when we were willing to be obedient, God changed things around for us. You know, it could very well be that God is testing you in an area to see if you'll be faithful and little so he can entrust you with much. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 14-19 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. The whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged in the members... But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? So here we have some more scripts talking about the difference of the body, but this one in particular is speaking of the importance of every member of the body. And we can't, as individuals, think that what I'm doing is unimportant, so I'm not really a part of the church. I'm not really a part of what's going on there. Somehow we've begun to assign different values to different things that we do, and somehow we think that if we're doing the smaller stuff, that it's just not as important. You know, some people might look at, at especially as we get larger and we move into the new building, we're going to need people to step up and be a greeter at the front door and greet everybody who comes in. And people might think, you know what, this doesn't take any talent, it doesn't take any skill, I just got to sit here and say hi and, and show a little bit of love, and then, you know what, I just don't really feel like I'm doing anything. But the truth is, that's an incredibly important part of the body. And the example that every, every pastor loves to use, and, and I'll continue to use it, is cleaning the toilets. The toilets need clean. And somebody might think, man, I'm, I'm cleaning the toilets. This is the worst job ever. You know, when, when my kids... They have chores every Sunday night and every or every Saturday evening to get stuff ready for today. And the person that has floors, oh, how they love the floors. 
They've got to move everything and sweep and mop. And what was that? Oh, and oh, and do backyard. Yes. Because the, the poop needs picked up. Dogs poop, it needs to be picked up. Two Sundays in a row, I got to use poop in my sermon. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they sweep the, and mop the floors and they get everything ready and they hate it because it's a big job. But they don't recognize how important that job is, how much of an impact that makes on the kingdom of heaven. When new people come in, when we've had visitors, if they would have come in and just saw, uh, truthfully, just a filthy house, a terribly filthy house, and it might have changed their opinion. They may not have, that may have impacted their ability to receive God because of what we've done. Those small things that don't seem important are incredibly important. And that's being part of the body of Christ, is doing those things, even the things we don't want to do, even the things that seem less valuable. We each have a role to play, and God has a desire and position for each and every one of us in the body of Christ. And it's not even static. Like I said, you know, one day you might be an eye, but the next day you might be a foot, and the next day you might be a hand. Our position and our role in the body of Christ is not static. Anybody that's been in the body of Christ for a, for a while now can tell you that things change. Sometimes you're needed in different areas. But the reason that there's so many different parts is that, and there's so much diversity in the body is so that we can be effective. Because we want to be effective as the body of Christ. And then Paul goes on to say as he continues here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20-26, through 26, he says, As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. There's not one part of the body that can function on its own. The body, parts of the body without the rest of the body, they die. It's actually why the body is so important. It's why it's so, it's so frustrating when I hear people say that, oh yeah, I'm a... I'm a believer. I just don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe in the church. And, and they want to stay away from the church because we operate as a body. It is so important that we come together and work as one. And if you're off by yourself, eventually a part of the body that's not with the body will die. We see that in our human bodies. That's why if, a, if somebody gets in an accident and a piece is, is cut off, they have so much time to get it back on or there's no chance because the, that part has died as it's pulled away, and the same thing happens in the body of Christ. If we try to operate independently, we become ineffective and we eventually die. We're not able to accomplish what God would have us accomplish. And as we see here, once again, it talks about the the different parts of the body, like we were talking earlier, the parts that seem like they may not be as important or that might be considered less honorable. The, 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 The Bible says that the weaker ones 
that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Those parts that we think are so unimportant. You know, we have to make sure that the, the floors are vacuumed, the walls are clean, the bathroom is clean. Those parts that seem like they're, they're unimportant to those things are so incredibly important. And I think I've related this story before, but I remember when I, I used to work in restaurants. My first job I ever had, I was a dishwasher in a restaurant. And I know that a dishwasher can shut a restaurant down. We see all these other parts that seem, even when I was working as a dishwasher, the last thing I wanted to be was a dishwasher. I wanted to be a cook. Because in my head, well, really in everybody's head, somehow the cooks are thought of as higher as a dishwasher. And we, we look at that and, and we want to be somewhere else and we don't recognize how important the role that we play is. If there's nobody to wash the dishes, there's no plates for stuff to be served on, then how many know that the food's not going to make it out? It's not, the cook can't put anything on the food. The server can't take it. The restaurant fails on what we consider the, one of the lowest positions. Without it, the restaurant cannot operate. We look at today's society and we look at different things that consider to, can be uh, lower jobs. You know, like there's, you know, there's people that their job is to go in and clean the inside of, of the sewage tunnels and stuff and keep that clean. Man, that would not be a job that I wanted to have. But without those people, everything would get backed up and, and this would not be a place that you wanted to live if that backs up. Those parts that we think of as less honorable, the sanitation workers that come by that we probably all take for granted in some way that pick up our trash every single uh, week, without them... Our streets would become filthy. Our homes, everything would just become disgusting and filthy. People that we, we want to think are, oh, you're a garbage worker. Oh, you're a, a sewage worker. You're the, these different things are so important. And they, they don't have less honor, even though in the eyes of society that they might. The Bible says that, that in the body of Christ, those different areas that are just like that, those different ministries that are so important, have greater honor, even greater honor than the ones that stand up front. It's like when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. He said that if you want to be great, you have to be the lowest. There was greater honor to, to, to be the, the last is to be the first. You know, I think in the body of Christ, we should probably go out of our way more to bestow honor to those positions that are, aren't thought of as high. We need to make sure that when we have people helping out, that we are thanking them for the work that they do. Letting them know that we appreciate the stuff that they're doing. Because the truth is that as the body, we have to operate together as one. When one succeeds, we all succeed. And when one fails, ultimately all will fail. Amen? In Ephesians four fifteen through 16, it says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We need to grow into Christ from whom the whole body is joined and held together. Each and every person in the body has to be working properly, has to be working as they should. Because when we, 
each part is working properly, when each of us is doing what we're supposed to be doing and operating in the body that we're supposed to, the body grows and it builds itself up in love. And before I get too much farther than this, every time I use the scripture, I like to take the time to point out when it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Speaking the truth in love is so misunderstood across this, the, the, the Christian world. And I know I've preached it here before, and I know you guys know it as well, but to speak the truth in love is to not point out people's failures, but is instead to remind them of Christ's success in them. To remind them, to not, to not point out that they've made a mistake, but to remind them that in, in Christ that they are strong, in Christ that they are whole, in Christ they are forgiven, they are redeemed, that the chains have been broken. That's speaking the truth in love. They're victorious, they're redeemed, they're valuable, and that they're loved. That's speaking the truth in love. But the Bible says that each part of us has to be working properly. Do you know that when you, in order for a machine or a car to be effective, each and every one of its parts has to be working correctly? You know, if you have a, an O2 sensor in your car, and the o, anybody ever had their O2 sensor go out in their car? You ever notice that when your O2 sensor goes out, the car still runs, right? It's still, it's one of the main causes of the check engine light is your O2 sensor. <laughs> but if, you, if you've ever had it, the car still runs. And the car will keep on cruising forward, it'll still keep working, but you might notice that your gas mileage is a little bit less than it used to be. You might notice that you don't have quite all the power that you used to have. In order for your car to run effectively, every part in it has to be working at its peak condition, how it's supposed to be working. And the same is true in the body of Christ. All of us have to be working how God intended us to work in order for the body to reach its, its top effectiveness. And the truth is that each of us individually are supposed to mature in the body of Christ. We're supposed to grow into what God would have for us. We're not supposed to remain as we are, but we're supposed to grow up in all aspects of Christ. And ultimately, the church is held together by love. As we grow, as we make mistakes, as we do things that, that uh, maybe we shouldn't have done, we grow past that. We're supposed to mature as Christians and still hold together, being held together by love. And that's what it's talking about here. Speak the truth in love. As people fail and make mistakes, we tell each other, no, you know, we love you. We're going to walk beside you. We're going to help you overcome because Christ has done a great thing inside of you. And as we do that, as we fulfill our roles, we grow together. The church is being built up on love. It's becoming stronger and it's operating the way that it's supposed to operate. As we operate in the roles that God has placed in our heart, that he's given us grace to do, as we operate as we're supposed to, the church grows and it becomes stronger and more effective. And that's the ultimate goal, is to continue to grow, to be continue to become stronger, not to lift ourselves up to talk about how big of a church we are, how good of a church we are, but so that we can be more effective in reaching the lost of this community. In 1 Peter 2, 4-5, it says, 
<clears throat> that uh, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, the Bible says that we are living stones. You yourself, like a living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You guys ever read in the scripture where it talks about Jesus being the cornerstone? Jesus was the cornerstone of the church. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 21, it says, So then you are no longer stranger and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the church, of the body of Christ. And the cornerstone... If you've uh, looked at anything about uh, old masonry, especially when they used to build stuff out of stone, the cornerstone was the first stone that they laid down in the corner of the building, hence the name. And uh, it was the, the, the point was is that that one was set and that determined how every other stone was set after it. So Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the body. And each and every one of us are living stones we may be rejected by men. We may be, as, as Christians, we may be persecuted and people may look at us in, in ways that they shouldn't. But the Bible says in the sight of God, we are chosen and precious. We are a living stone. And we are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual ex- sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. The spiritual sacrifices are the, is the work that we accomplish for Jesus. When we give, when we worship, when we are obedient to Him, we're offering spiritual sacrifices and we're being built up into a body, into a temple of Christ. If you remember in Matthew sixteen sixteen through 18, it says, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That rock that he's speaking about, that he's building his church, is that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Knowing who Jesus is and what He accomplished is what the church is built on. It's built on Christ. He's the one that, that, that makes our way, that lays our foundation so that we can grow and be the body that He has us to be. And each and every one of us is a living stone that fits into that plan. We all have a role. If you've ever seen a house built... How many know that you wouldn't be very, very happy with your house being built for you out of brick if the, if the builder just decided to leave some random bricks out? You're going to be a little bit drafty. It's not going to be a very good shelter. And that's what happens to the church is living stones that we don't fit into the place that God has called us to fit. We belong to a drafty church at that point. And you know what's amazing about the temple when it was built, the, the, the original temple of the Old Testament, is that the stones weren't fashioned at the build site. And this absolutely blows me away when I think about this. You can read about it in 1 Kings 6-7. It says, When the house was built, it was with stone prepared at the quarry so that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. When the temple was built... They're building these stones, and as far as I understand, 
We're not talking the stones that we build with today. These are massive, man-sized stones that were being built and carved and, and put together. And they were done out of the quarry, not in front of the temple. So that means that they were measured. They decided what they needed, and they went out and, and cut them in the quarry. And when they brought them in, they all fit together perfectly. They say that you can't even, where the temple was built, you couldn't even fit a piece of paper between the joints of where the stones were set together. They were so immaculately measured and, and carved to be brought in. And they had to be because there was no, no rock work allowed at the site. They had to fit when they came in. And that's just like you and I, just like the stones that were being made in the temple. You and I have been made perfectly by God to fit perfectly into the place that He would have you, into the body. You, you don't have to come in and be chipped away, but you've been made perfectly by God and you fit perfectly where you were supposed to fit. We're all living stones. And we fit together perfectly to build the church of Christ. Because God knew you before the foundation of the world. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He, he formed you. He knew you. And had a place for you in his body from the very beginning. In 1 Corinthians 3 9 through 11, it says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We are God's building. God is using us, He's shaped us, He's formed us to perform a purpose, to be built into His body where His Son, the head, can direct us where to go. Paul was placing stones. He says, according to the grace given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation as someone else was building on it. Paul was placing these living stones, guiding them into the body of Christ as he was building the church. The foundation was Jesus Christ, but Paul was placing people into the body where they should go. He was a wise master builder. And the truth is, is, is like Paul, we need to be careful how we build as well. We can't do things our own way, but we have to keep building on the foundation that is Jesus Christ and not doing our very own thing. We need to put Christ first and the, the kingdom of heaven first every time that we're working in the body of Christ. When as a body we decide we want to do things and we think that this will be good and that will be good, it's, of, it's, it's worth nothing if it's not where God or Jesus has directed us. It's worth nothing if we're doing it of our, of our own free will. But we need to be wise in how we're building. You know that most of what I do as a pastor is to help you grow and be equipped to fulfill the role that God has for you in the body. Ephesians 4.11-12 says, And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That's what I'm here for, is to help you grow to fulfill what God has for you. You know, so many people come to church thinking, what can I get out of church? What can I do? What, what am I going to get here? Are they going to have awesome music? Are they going to have a, a great kids service? Are they going to have, you know, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be great? And we come to church thinking, what can we get out of the church? And this is absolutely the wrong attitude, but it should be, what can I put into the church? What can, what can I go there and get prepared to do? How can I help? How can I be a part of it? 
We have a role to fill in the church. And that's part of what I do here. It's part of what Pastor Michelle does here is to help you grow and fulfill that role so that we can build on this foundation and reach the world for Jesus. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You were prepared. You were created for good works. You know, it's true that we don't, we're not saved by our works. But nonetheless, we were created for works. As Christians, the difference is, is our, our works should change. The salvation that happened inside of us dictates what we do. It dictates how we behave. And what that means is God has a plan for your life. There's people in this room, even though there's there's not that many of us, there's still people in this room that will reach. You'll be able to reach other people that I'll never be able to reach. You'll be able to have an impact on people's lives that I'll never be able to have an impact on. And the truth is, there's people that I'll reach that you may never be able to reach, but when we work together as one, we accomplish the will that that Jesus has for His church to reach the lost. And these are the works that we're created for. The truth is, as we continue to grow, as we continue to move forward, and I think it's why God has placed this on my heart, is is we're going to be asked to do even more. We're going to be required to do even more. There's going to be more jobs that need to be done. We kind of have a, a small view of what's going to be happening because we're in this small church. We, have, we don't have all that much stuff going on. But things are changing. The season is changing. And we're going to have a lot to do. And we're going to have to step up, step up because God has created us for these very things. In Isaiah 43.7 it says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You were created for the single purpose of giving glory to God in all that we do. And as we grow in a church, as we move forward, we need to keep that in mind as we work, as, as we labor hard. Sometimes it might get tough. Sometimes the jobs may not seem fun or seem very glamorous. But the truth is that we are giving glory to God every time that we work for His kingdom. Then in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You know, we've looked at the book of Ephesians before. We've studied it as a, as a church. And uh, this first part of Ephesians 4 just deals with the unity of the body. And the calling is the call for us to walk in unity, to build the church and to reach the lost. But in order to do that, we all have to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. You know, corporately as a, as a church, we have a vision to reach this city. We have, a, we have a vision to reach the entire city of Miranda for, the, for Jesus. We want to tell people that He loves Him. But individually, we all each have our own individual callings as well. Our individual roles to play. And, and Paul says that we need to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. And what that means is, if you're wondering how you can walk in a manner worthy of your calling, it's just to be obedient to the calling on your life. 
If you will be obedient to what God has for your life, the, what God has for you to do, then the, the rest will work itself out. If you'll just say, yes, Lord, here I am, then the doing of it will be worked out. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the resources. He'll give you what you need to accomplish it. You see, the body of Christ is incredibly important to God. We look at walking in our calling and, and why do we do these things is so that we can maintain the unity of the Spirit. Because there's one body, one Spirit. Everything that we do is to, to work as one. The body of Christ. And the body of Christ is so incredibly important to God. It's referred to as the bride of Christ. And it's so very important that as individuals that we honor the body of Christ. That we respect the body of Christ because without doing so, it'll never reach its full potential. If we belittle the body of Christ, not to, not to mention all the, the other stuff that goes along with that, like we talked about earlier, people that don't want to be a part of organized religion or the body of Christ. Recognize that the, the body of Christ is the bride of Christ. It's, it's, we are the wife of Christ. And just like any man, if you came up to him and said, I like spending time with you, but I hate your wife and I, can't, I don't want anything to do with her, are not going to develop a relationship there. The truth is that your relationship, our relationship with God is hindered when we don't respect and honor His body. So let's make sure that we're walking in our calling, honoring the body, so that we can help the church reach its full potential, what God would have it do in this community. And then finally, the last scripture I want to look at today is Exodus 36, 1-2. It says, Bezalel and... Oholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and, and Oholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. See, this is when the temple was first being built. You know, God never is going to put a place, a requirement, without providing a way, providing provision for that requirement to be done. The temple needed to be built at this point. It needed skillful workers, and God stirred up the hearts of skillful workers in that nation, and they came together, and they worked in the, the gold and bronze and silver. They made all the instruments. They helped build the church. Because God had given a vision for this, children, this temple to be built, but he doesn't give a vision without a plan to implement it. And God has given us as a church a vision to reach this city, and God's not going to give us a vision without the resources to implement that. God has placed you into this body to perform a purpose. God has placed you and your skills and your obedience and everything that is you to perform a purpose in this body to reach this city. And our hearts, so just like these men being stirred to come to do His work. So the question remains, what can we do if we don't have, some would argue that I don't have a particular skill. I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, I can't, I can't get up and speak in front of people, I, can't, I don't have any skills, what can I do? Well, I want you to know that there's so many things in the body of Christ that need to be done. There's so many places that we can have you work. 
And the truth is, as we move forward, things are going to change. And we're going to have a lot more that needs to be done. You know, I, I believe that God was putting this message on my heart because we're all going to have to step up in the coming, in the coming months. If you, think, if you think things have been busy and, and going crazy now, I have a feeling that we don't have any idea what's coming. We're going to be busy. God's got work for us to do. And if you don't know what to do, if you don't feel like you have any particular skill, get with me as we move forward. More than likely, I'll come to get you. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have stuff to be done. And just make sure that your heart is stirred to come do the work, whatever it be. Let's be servants. Let's be people who are honor God in everything that we do. Let's be people that will respect and honor His bride, His body. And let's work together as a unit to accomplish what He has for us as Living Hope Family Church in Morana. You know, we're going to work in such a way that the Lord commands us. We're going to reach the lost. We're going to love on one another. And just know that God has a place for each and every single one of you in His body. And without you, the body is not going to function and accomplish what God has to accomplish. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet.